when we uncover our purpose, it's learning the who we are, what we have to offer, and why we're here. And when we go through that process and we uncover it, and then we start living on purpose, now we, if you look at the the world that we live in as a big puzzle piece, when you uncover those three parts of you and you start living it fully, delivering your gifts to the world to make the difference that you're meant to make, you just put your puzzle piece in the puzzle. And when you put your puzzle piece in the puzzle, we, we all can see the puzzle. We build out the frame first. And then the frames build out. Then we build from the corners. Well, somewhere your puzzle piece belongs in that. And your puzzle piece might be right in the middle. And if you could put your puzzle piece in the middle, it could start growing out from the middle also to, to form that full puzzle piece. So you need to be you fully so other people can be them. And then that's how we're putting that puzzle piece together. We're moving from the I consciousness, the one puzzle piece is what it's all about, to the we consciousness. It's all the puzzle pieces together to make this world go around. Welcome to today's episode of Unleash Thyself. I am your host, Constantine Moroon, and today's guest is Vince Kramer. Vince is an airline pilot, military veteran, transformational trainer and mentor, and a clear conscious channel. A co-founder of Imagine Miracles, he passionately believes that everyone is unique and the creator of their own life. So, prepare yourself for an unforgettable conversation that's sure to leave a lasting impression. Welcome back to Unleash Thyself, the podcast that inspires and empowers you to unleash your full potential. I am thrilled to welcome Vince Kramer to the show. Vince, we can't wait to hear more about the experiences and insights that have led you to where you are today and your unleashed moment, the moment you knew you were on your own path to becoming the best version of yourself. Vince, it's such a pleasure to have you with us. Well, Constantine, I'm so excited to be here. I, I can't wait to share the story. I can't wait to share with your audience what they're looking to hear and what you want to share with them. I've, I've got so many directions I, I can go, and I can't wait to find out which one you want to take us. Yeah, so let me, I'll, I'll start here. I know you've been an airline pilot for decades. How does one go from being an airline pilot for a lifetime, essentially, to becoming this spiritual healer, spiritual intuitive? How do you go from one to the next? Wow, that's an excellent story. So, and, and the question I, I love because I, I think I can share something that uh, was a huge wake up and understanding for me. It, it was more like, how could I have gone from this spiritual being that chose to come to earth to be in an airline pilot and then understanding that there was more that that spiritual being wanted to accomplish here. And I think the best way to start would be to share with you that at five years old, I told my grandmother that I wanted to help people love themselves so they could love others. Now, where in the world does a five-year-old get that? And I think the answer is that 
like Mary and I have come to believe, I knew the difference that I was meant to make in the world before I ever came here. And then as I got here, I held on to that understanding for a while until I forgot. And I forgot the reason I was here because of what society had to share with me, what my grandfather, what my parents, uh, the people that were important to me in my life had to share for me on what it meant to be on this earth, what I was supposed to be like, how to best navigate this world. And I forgot why I was here. And don't get me wrong. I think we all needed to forget why we came to earth, at least to an extent, so we could develop these gifts and talents that are needed for us to make the difference, for us to learn the lessons and experience life in that way. But also, I think as part of source energy, a part of the universe, part of God, whatever you want to call it, we're here to expand the energy more than anything. And the expansion of energy takes the experience of the lower vibrations and the higher vibrations and then move into expansion. So um, that's the the deep science part of it. And and then the part of it uh, that's Vince, I, I did learn from my grandma father and from my grandmother, much of the lessons in life. I learned a bunch from my parents too, but my grandfather was extremely influential and he taught me how to be a man from his 1930s, 1940s way of looking at it. And I did well. I learned all his lessons. I learned to compete. I learned to achieve. I studied hard. I worked hard. And that led to many different things in my life. Not not just being a pilot. I was a pilot, a, a high-level manager, uh, almost a C-suite type experience in my life, a military officer. So many things that happened to me along the way that people could look at and I could look at and say, wow, what a success I was. But the interesting thing I believe, as I woke up later in life, was that was all to came together. I created, co-created that so I could learn things like how to be the best teacher, how to coach, how to build programs, how to uh, attract people into a business. All these lessons that I was given, or, or more importantly, or more truly, created or co-created, then came together to help me develop gifts and talents to to make this difference. So that's kind of the foundation for it. And uh, I'd love to take it further in any direction that you might want to go. Also, I mean, Vince, I love the way you started that, right? Because we are for spiritual beings taking a human experience. And I resonate with it 100%. And I and I love how you explain how we forgot and why we forget. And I resonate with that as well. And like you said, we can take this in many directions, but let's start there for a second. Expanding on why we may forget and the and the influence of society and of course everyone around us has on us as we grow up. And the way I understand it, and I'm curious to see where, where you see it as well, is that we come into this life with a blank slate, essentially, with a mission that's maybe available to us early on, but then we slowly forget. 
as we get accustomed to our family, our culture, society, country, and whatnot. And as we progress through life, the universe, God, ourself, aligns experiences for us to remind us about our mission. But to me, it feels at times those are very easy to overlook until there comes a moment when, again, the universe, God, ourself, whatever you believe in, puts something bigger in your path that's much harder to ignore. That could show up in the form of, let's say, a small tragedy, maybe a health scare, maybe the passing of someone you love or someone big coming into your life. And that's how I've seen it work in my case to some degree, but also in the case of many others. And I'm curious, from your experience, have you had these moments in life while you were in your professional career that you may have ignored that could have put you on this path earlier? Or was it like just all kind of culminating as you acquired all these skills you you talked about? Well, let me deliver it in a way that I think will be extremely helpful to everyone. First of all, we call those wake-up calls at Imagine Miracles. And we divide our wake-up calls into two segments, uh, conscious wake-ups okay. and then crisis wake-ups. And just like you explained, if we don't pay attention to our wake-ups, no matter what it is, it seems to get bigger, stronger, more forceful for us to wake up. So let's look at crisis wake-ups. Crisis wake-ups are, are things like, I know there's more to life. I was told if I followed these rules that I was going to be happy. Those kind of things that come to us and we realize life isn't exactly the way we want it or the way we're being called to. And do we pay attention to those little naggings and and move forward? So for me, I I had several Uh, all through my life, no matter how successful I was, Constantine, I always felt that there was something missing, that there was there was supposed to be more. Uh, when you know, I told my grandmother at five years old that I wanted to help people love themselves so they could love others. She reminded me of that of seventeen. At seventeen, that was kind of a conscious crisis wake up call together because it was on her deathbed that she reminded me of that. But I didn't pay attention. I was still into. Uh, you know, 10 years of the indoctrination of what it was like to be a man or what is supposed to happen to be a man and watching commercials on TV that said, you're successful if you get this or reading a book that said, well, I did this, this and this and I competed against the world and look how amazing I am. And, and I just, I was in that time frame uh, of being a young man where it was, okay, I'm going to follow these rules. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to prove it to my grandfather. I'm going to prove it to the world that that I can be successful. And I stepped fully into that. And I was flying airplanes in the, in the military and thought, wow, there, there's got to be more to this. So I've got to look for this job or or I've got to look for this opportunity. And, and I paid very little attention to any of the conscious wake-up calls I had other than what's the next thing, person, or job that's going to help me feel good about why I'm here. And 
I finally got to a point where I really created some uh, some crisis wake ups in my life. So I'll, I'll tell you about the big four. Okay. Number one happened on nine eleven. And that was a big wake-up call for our country here in the U.S., but it was a big wake-up call for the world also. And it really hit close to home. At the time of 9-11, I was a United Airlines pilot, and I lost a good friend on 9-11. He was the captain of the airplane that crashed in Pennsylvania. But more to the point for me, what really should have got my attention, one week prior, I flew Flight 93. Oh. So if it would have been 9-4 instead of 9-11, it probably would have been me in that smoking hole in Pennsylvania. But my grandfather taught me so well that uh, if you compete, if you're better than the best, then this is what's going to make success for you. So what I did, uh, like many, we remembered for for a very short time. Now, as an airline pilot, I had constant reminders of 9-11. TSA, the security, um, all of that was a constant reminder. But when it came to, wow, this could happen to you if you didn't change your life, I let go of that pretty quickly and just went on with, with life, believing that, I was better than the best and I can make it happen. So like you shared earlier, that was pretty intense, but I didn't listen. So it's going to get more intense. So let's see. It was about, it was just a couple years later when United Airlines declared bankruptcy. And, and that was very personal and in, in even more personal than losing a friend because it, it affected me fully. I took a 60% pay cut. I lost all my retirement. I downgraded in positions. And here I was believing that loyalty will get you everywhere. If you do your best, everything's always going to work out for you. And, and that wake-up call just hit me very hard to realize that it's not about the money. It's not about the position. It's not even about your friends. It's about you living your life for why you are here on earth. And that lasted for such a short amount of time because my dad was in my head. Well, you're supposed to have a retirement. You're supposed to provide for your family. So very quickly, I forgot about finding why I was here, what would make me happy, and I tried to find a way to get that retirement back. I tried to find a way to support my family. So me and um, my ex-wife, we we went out to find how to replace all of that. We ended up buying some pretzel stores forgot about living life the way it's supposed to live, got these pretzel stores. That was going to be our retirement. That was going to help replace the income. And unfortunately, Dr. Atkins came along shortly thereafter and said, it's not good to eat carbs. And the pretzel stores took a dive. And I spent the next three years trying to bring those pretzel stores back into profitability And it 
truly almost physically killed me. I was working 95 hours a week between the job and the businesses. And unfortunately, shortly after we bought the stores, my ex-wife said, you know, Vince, I really can't do this work. It's just not who I am. I don't enjoy it. I can't do it. But we were so far under the uh, what we needed to make the stores profitable that somebody had to. So I just put all my time and effort into it. And unfortunately, when you're spending that much time outside of family, family suffers. And over the three plus years that we owned the businesses, my wife felt like I didn't care about her and ended up having an affair. And that was the third wake up that really shook me and said, hey, Vince, you better start paying attention here. Your life is falling apart. And although we ended up truly getting a divorce, the gift that came from that third wake up was I realized that there was something missing that I had to find. And I went out and found it. It was me. Yes. And and that wake-up call got me to start paying attention. I decided in that moment that I was going to figure it out and I was going to live life the way that I wanted to live it. So those are those are the three that got me to that place. So I don't know if you want to talk about those before I tell you about the fourth wake-up. Yeah, that's why. Let's leave the fourth one for a bit later. Because I, I imagine it's going to be, you know, kind of wrapping it all around and it's going to be a big bang. Uh, all of those, in retrospect, right, they, they may look obvious now to you and others as well. Ooh, those should have been the moment I took a step back and looked at it. But as life has it, and as we have been taught by society and what we learned in school and whatever, what we see on social media, it's very easy to overlook all those signs and jump into the next thing and the next thing and follow the next five steps to success or happiness or weight loss or whatever the case might be. So I can truly resonate with that. But let me ask you this on point number three, right? About finding yourself. So stop looking outside for the answers, look inwards. Did the realization come quickly to you? Like once that third incident happened or did it take a bit of time? And the reason I'm asking is because in my case, it's something that took a long time. I was getting hints here and there that all the answers are within me and not everywhere else. And I didn't listen for a very long time. Well, I, I think the blessing in that was uh, I was willing to do whatever I could to make that marriage work. And one of the things that was part of that journey was how how can I find a way for us to talk? How can I find a way for us to get ourselves back to that happy couple that we were? And we ventured out into finding some therapy. And after the first session, Martha, my ex-wife said, you know, I, I just don't want to do this. So it was like, okay, well, how can I find a way for us to get to to back together. And one of the things that Martha did that I, I admired so much was she was constantly trying to do self-help work. And she had these audio tapes 
that were, uh, I think it was uh, self-esteem tapes. I can't think of the, the exact name of it now, but it was self-esteem tapes by Jack Canfield. And she loved listening to these tapes. So I went out and I said, okay, how can I, how can I get her to a Jack Canfield seminar? And as soon as I started thinking that, of course, it pops up in front of me, right? I got an email that, uh, like within a week that said, Jack Canfield's having this breakthrough to success. Um, click here to join. So I wasted no time. I clicked. I, I signed her up right away. And I signed myself up to a, a pretty expensive program, a seven-day program with him in Scottsdale. And I thought, well, okay, this is the answer. So I, I gave it to her for Christmas. You know, here you go. This is a Jack Canfield seminar you get to go to six months from now. And oh, by the way, I'm going to. And she was not happy that I was going to. I think she was at the point that enough was enough, but she was willing to act like she wanted to do what it took to get back. I, I don't know that. I'm just... You know, like I said, I wasn't there for her, so I, I'm not here to judge anybody now. So we we both had this ticket, and as we got closer to um, the event, we were, went for a walk on Valentine's Day, and she just she just started sobbing. She wasn't happy, and I said, "Are you that unhappy?" And she said, "Yes." And I said, "Would you be happy?" if you weren't with me. And she said, I don't know, but I have to try. So at that point, it was like, okay, I'll agree to the divorce. Um, I'll do anything that I can to keep us together up until the time the judge signs the papers, but I'll, I'll move forward with you and I won't fight you on this at all. Well, she decided that if I was going to Jack Canfield, she wasn't going to go. And I knew I had to go for some reason. So when I went to the Jack Canfield seminar, uh, it was even before we were divorced, um, Jack did this wonderful guided meditation that he put us on a red carpet or, or a, a carpet. We got to choose the color in our mind. This is the first time I ever did a guided meditation. And, and he took us up to this castle and in the castle an angel came to us and gave us a, a gift and then after we got the gift we got to open up the gift and see what it was and then the angel talked to us before we got back on the carpet and went back to the room and the angel's the one that told me that what's missing in your life is you so in knowing or uncovering what was missing I was blessed by finding it out that way. Yes. yes. We get, I get back on the carpet. I go back to the room. Um, we journaled around what we learned, what we experienced in my package from the angel was a golden microphone. So in my journaling, it was okay. I'm here to share my story with people. I'm here to teach. I'm here to, uh, oh, yeah, I remember when Grandma said, you're here to help people love themselves. Okay, so that's what it's all about. And so so I knew why I was here. But then the journey started. 
Well, what does that mean? Where do I find that? How do I learn more about it? And that's when the fourth wake-up call happened. Okay, well, thank you for sharing that, Vince. Such an inspiring story to trust your gut feeling, first of all, right? Because you went to see or to experience the meditation and that week for yourself. And in that, you found the answer you were looking for, which was always inwards. Beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. You're so welcome. Let me ask you this first, before we go to the wake up call, the fourth one. What I gathered at the end of that story is the idea that you now had the destination or the goal in mind. You knew what you wanted to do, helping people love themselves and beyond. You just didn't know how to get from here to there. And it's just enjoying the journey to see how you get there. And that's, that's, the reason I mention it like that is because it's been on a bigger hamlet for me because I've been someone that always looked at the destination, put a lot of expectations around it, and then the journey was dictated by the expectations around the destination or the goal, which then, of course, robs you of opportunities along the way or even blind spots that you're not seeing because you're focused on your expectations around it. So in that moment when you finally had your answer, did you put expectations around what that could look like? And then later you moved them off? Yeah, what a great question, Constantine. So I always knew that I loved doing self-help work. So the expectation I put on it was, oh, I'm here with Jack Canfield. Um, I'm supposed to be the next Jack Canfield. And what happened was, I started taking on the rules of being a Jack Canfield and it didn't work out. Yes. Because there was some, paper, right? You're not Jack. <laughs> yeah. There was still something missing. So yes, I, I started following that new set of rules and things didn't work out exactly the way I was thought they were going to. And it, it just really, got me depressed for a little while in thinking, well, wait a minute, I'm supposed to do this. Why isn't it working out? And, and that's when I realized that uh, I was still living by what the world had told me. If you do this, this is going to happen for you. If you do that, this is going to happen. And I just tried to do it the Jack Canfield way. So um, that's, uh, once again, like you said, I, I made the goal. And, and something that I learned along the way was it's not the goal. It's the goal or something better. Yeah. Because if you come from the place of the goal or something better, now you're always looking for the opportunities along the way to say, oh, I need to go this direction or, oh, I need to go that direction. So that was the early way I was looking at it. I've got to go in this direction. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So was that prior to the fourth? Yes, it was. Moment? Okay. Mm -hmm. So walk us what happened next then and how you got to the fourth one. And so I would imagine the biggest one. Yeah, you bet. So I want everybody to know that wake-up calls don't all have to be negative. Wake-up calls can be very positive. So the... the about 10 years before the divorce, 
uh, I got invited on a vacation. Martha and I were invited on a vacation. We went down to Cabo San Lucas. And while we were down there, we were with a bunch of friends of our friend that invited us. And one day, it was actually the first day I was there, I was out in the pool having a toddy. Life was good. And this woman walked up to the pool. And when she walked up to the pool, I was actually in the pool talking to her husband and my friend at the time. And there was such an energetic connection with this woman that it was like, oh, this is weird. This is strange. I've never felt it. I have got to stay away from her. And the woman happened to be Mary, my business partner and current wife now. But I was happily married. There was no, our our life. My life with Martha was was great. Mary's life with Russ was great. But it was this energetic connection that I didn't understand. So I did everything in my power to stay away from her. Uh, you know, we were put in situations where we were invited to the same place and we'd show up. But usually I found an excuse not to go or something would happen at work and I couldn't get there. So uh, even though the connection was there and, and I knew it was something that I should be paying attention to, I pushed it aside. And then 10 years later, when we're getting, uh, Martha and I were getting divorced, Mary and Russ were getting divorced at the same time. And the same friend that introduced us said, you know, Vince, I know life's not going so good with you right now. You don't understand what's going on. Why don't you get together with Mary and, and maybe she can help you understand what's going on. So at that point, 10 years later, we became drinking buddies just to help each other through the divorces. And it was more Mary helping me than me helping her. I'll be honest with you. But what really happened through all of that, that energetic connection was still there. And Mary started talking to me about spirituality, things that I'm not quite sure that's true. And, you know, that's, that's nice. I got some of that in religion um, I was Catholic for, as we talked earlier, Catholic for, for my entire life. And what she was saying didn't necessarily fit into what I believed. But she didn't stop talking about it. And I started looking at science. Is, is what she's sharing about energy true? Is what she's sharing about our connection true? And the more I got into science. And the more I got into quantum physics, I was proving her right. And she's truly the spark that woke me up to start looking at life completely differently. And because I had the science to fall back on, I believed enough in the science to follow through on the spirituality. And then that's when the journey really started. When I started learning about how I had to find myself as an energy, how to I had to understand how I was putting my energy out and attracting things in my life, start taking responsibility for my creations and co-creations, start looking for why I was in the relationships that I was. Why did I have the divorce from, from Martha? 
and really start to do my internal work around that, then I started tapping into guidance. The understanding that I had all the answers. I could download information to help me forward. So that was the fourth wake-up call, Constantine. And that's the the powerful one then to put me on my path. Yeah. Yeah, and it sounds like you could have not really had that fourth one without a lot of the ones before it and all the experiences you had to go through life to bring it to that point. Fascinating stuff. And you touched on so many points I would like to explore further. For example, you mentioned taking responsibility for your actions and choices. And that's something that hits close to home because I used to be someone that found blame in everyone else but myself or found responsibility or passed it on with others, not necessarily myself. Not always, but enough times times to make you wonder, wait, is it really that way? Or can we look and say that we had a choice and responsibility in everything we did? So can we touch a bit more on that and your realizations around it and the work you do with people around? Yes for, yes, for sure. So let's let's look at it from the science point of view. So the science point of view, uh, quantum physics, there are no mistakes or coincidences. Mm-hmm. From the quantum physics point of view, we are all the observer in our lives. And the observer, the way that the that we look at the circumstances that we create and co-create, we create our reality through our observation. And that was a, oh my God, moment for me. You mean I'm the one that's choosing how I see a circumstance? I'm the one that chooses the reality. And it was hard for me at the beginning to, to, to see how that was happening. Why would I create a divorce in my life? Why would I create uh, um, a father that I wasn't quite sure loved me? Why would I create a grandfather that I spent most of my life trying to get to accept me and to love me? Why would I create that? That makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. And then it dawned on me and I was, I was getting, I would walk through a bookstore and a book would fall on the floor or I would be walking through an airport and somebody would say, Oh, I just read this amazing book. And I started to realize, Oh, these are messages for me. So I would get these books and I would read them and I would hear about this mentor and I would learn more about him and see if I could go to a program or to her program. And all of that was just helping me see and understand that there was no one creating my life but me. I couldn't be a victim. We're taught to be victims and we're taught to be victims because that way other people can control how we show up in the world. But nobody's doing anything to us. We're creating it and co-creating in ourselves. So I started to learn more about that. And then when I learned more about that, it was like, okay, well, as the observer, I see reality a certain way because I chose to believe certain things. Oh, maybe I better start looking at my beliefs. 
And then, oh, well, I'm working on my beliefs and I hear all these voices in my head. Well, what are the voices? Okay, so I do some research. Oh, those voices are self-personalities. And and a lot of the reading I did, it said, well, you got to get rid of your ego. You got to get rid of your sub-personalities. And I tried and I tried and I tried. And uh, all of a sudden I realized they're part of me. I can't get rid of them. I got to learn to work with them instead of trying to get rid of them. So then it was, okay, how do I learn about these personalities? And, and along the way, some things happened that really got me in touch with my guides, really got me in touch with my spirituality and, and the journey with Mary, which is documented in our book, Awakening Through Moments of Choice, is, is what really helped me open up and then tap into guidance at a level that I know we all can do, but even I didn't believe in it. I thought it was woo-woo stuff. I thought it was even in some ways tapping into the devil when I first started hearing about it that really gave me the the understanding, the information, getting downloads of information to, to put in our programs. Wow, thanks. Fascinating. Thank you for sharing your perspective there. And I couldn't agree more with that idea of us co-creating our lives and essentially putting labels on everything that happens based on what we know, what society thought us, families, culture and whatnot. And that's funny enough, you, you mentioned it the way because for me, it's been a, a big awakening moment or an aha moment only a few months ago when I was doing a meditation. And this came to me as well, that something that I perceive to be bad or good may be perceived way differently by many other people. And it's just because of my own interpretation that something is good or bad or anything in between. Other things or anything that happens is just an event or just a thing. We apply labels to it and all of a sudden it's now bad or good or excellent or amazing or something I want or something I don't want. And I can tell you like once that sank in with me, I was like, you, I was taken back and I'm like, how do I move on from here? Like, how do you do the work to unlearn everything you've learned for, you know, in my case, 40 years and some other people would be 60 years, 20 years. Like, how do you go about unlearning that? What have you discovered on your journey of unlearning? Well, the, the one thing that I discovered over time, and this goes back to quantum physics and, and it's, and it's talked about in spirituality, there is no good or bad. Yeah. There is no right or wrong. It, it just is. Yes which means if there is no good or bad, then we get to choose what we make of it for ourselves. That, that was really huge for me. I can choose if it's good or bad or whatever. So when you say the labels that we put on it, what I've learned over time, and it's from doing research and it's from getting the downloads, the label that we have to put on everything is a gift because if we created it, we co-created it as the observer, we choose the reality. Then why did I create it? Why did that non-physical part of me 
help create this circumstance with this other person or these other people or just me? Why was it created? And and I learned that we're here to live this purpose, this difference that we chose. And to live it, we have to develop all these gifts and talents. We have to develop these understandings so we can deliver to the people that are looking for us. We can share it on a podcast. We can share it in teaching. So the the realization of without circumstances, there's no challenge that we have to develop a new gift. So we created and co-created these circumstances to develop a new gift. When um, something bad happens in your life, how do you cope with it? Well, you learn to cope with it by um, maybe reading a book or maybe going to a therapist or maybe talking it out to a friend. And you're developing ways to cope with a given situation. That same thing that you just developed for yourself, there's people out there looking for the same way to cope with something. Or in my my example, and, and like I shared, I was a I was a military officer. Um, I had to navigate school. I learned to fly airplanes. I taught in the military. I had to coach the people that work for me. I had to learn how to work in an environment and have self-discipline. I went to the airlines and learned uh, I needed to learn how to be uh, even a, a more high-level manager. I learned how to to navigate the different systems of the world, all of those things, I developed these gifts and talents. So when I started, when I got that wake-up call and Mary and I co-founded Imagine Miracles, how do, you, how do I navigate Imagine Miracles? Well, in my entrepreneurship, I learned how to run a small business. In my uh, time at United Airlines and in the military, I learned how to be a leader and, and a good leader. I learned how to develop training programs in the military. I learned how to develop training programs at United Airlines so I could put our training together. I knew how to teach because of all the experiences I had on finding how does an individual learn? Are they auditory learners? Are they kinesthetic learners? Are do they have to, to see it in front of them? Are they visual learners? All of those things then started coming together as my gifts and talents to deliver this business, to, to build this business, to help people love themselves so they, they could love others. So it, it, it's made it easier and easier for me, Constantine, to say, well, that experience was a gift because I learned this. That experience, uh, believing that my father didn't love me was a gift because now I can show and explain to people that we all love in our own ways. And when we allow someone to love their way, then we feel their love. When we expect them to love our way, we don't feel it. So all of these things came together to, to help me be a better person but also to deliver who I am fully to the world. And that's what I said earlier. We can put the label on everything that happens as a gift, 
because I saw how that helped me get to where I'm supposed to be. Inspiring, Vince. So much, and I can resonate with all of that. Let me ask you this. A gift usually comes wrapped, right? And it's up to us to open the gift. And to me, it sounds the way you're explaining it as well. Everything that we co-created, so every experience we ever had, is a wrapped gift, but most of us leave those gifts unopened. We don't look at the lessons in them. We don't look at what we can take from it and apply it to our life without putting a label beyond the gift. Am I correct in going down the path? Exactly. But then it also goes back to what we spoke about earlier. Then another gift shows up with maybe some nicer paper. And when I say nicer paper, it, it causes it causes uh, incoherence in this, or it causes um, uh, enough pain that we open the next gift up. So we realize, oh, this is, this is what I have to learn along the way. One of our programs, Constantine, is, we call it Take a Quantum Leap. And it's uncovering the biggest gift that we ever gave ourselves. It's our unique purpose. It's the three parts of, of, of our purpose. But then the second program that we offered, it's a year-long program, and we delve into finding out why did all these things happen in our lives. So that program is really like the biggest Christmas tree you'll ever see because all of the gifts of your past are still sitting there waiting to be opened if you haven't opened them. And when we can hold somebody's hand or push them when they need to be pushed or pull them when they need to be pulled, we can, we can help them then go open up all those presents that's been waiting for them. Yeah. And that was actually going to be one of my follow-up questions around the presents you may still have to open because I would imagine once you had this realization, you started going or looking backwards and saying, Ooh, what are some of the gifts that I missed along the way? And I would imagine that for everyone listening and everyone going through life, there's so many of those gifts that it might not be possible to open all of them. That's my assumption right now. What, what are your thoughts? Are you still on the journey of finding more of those gifts tucked away in a corner or behind the bigger one? Always, but I, I do believe we can we can open all of them, or the the ones that we don't see anymore. It's because those bigger ones came along, and we and we found the lesson, or we we found the gift in the the ones that came later. And there's no need to open the other ones. Uh, what I I really believe though that the the journey of finding those gifts can start with where did I feel like a victim? Where did I feel like I had no control? And if you take the time to just journal or make a list of, well, I, I was a victim here. Uh, I was out of control here. This bad thing happened to me here. And you start with those, you can find, or at least if if you find the right coach, you find the right uh, person that wants to help you find your answers and not want, they, 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 a lot of people want to give you theirs. You, and you've got to find the people to help you that want to help you find your answers. 
and take you back and say, okay, this happened and you chose this perception when it happened. Is there another possible perception there for you? And if there is another possible perception, are you willing to accept that new perception? Because then all of those places where you think you were pushed down, held down, beaten up are the things that made you stronger, gave you bigger muscles, helped you have more vision, gave you more um, concentration to to move forward. So uh, I think everybody can start right there and say, where are those times? But then there's also so many things in our lives that we overlook because we can't believe we're that amazing. And those need to be visited also because each and every one of us is unique. Each and every one of us is special in our own way. Each and every one of us has a combination of gifts and talents that no one else in this entire world has. And we have to go look at those positive things about us too. The things that people said, oh my God, Constantine, you are so amazing. You're the best listener in the world. I really feel like you feel me. And then we say, oh yeah, yeah. And we just go on. That person gave you a huge gift telling you that that's something that you're here to do because you changed their life and they're saying, notice this about you. So we've got to, we've got to look for those places that we thought we were a victim, but we also got to look for those places that we're taught. You have to be humble. You have to not accept praise or gratitude or appreciation because then you're egotistical. Well, all of those are gifts on both sides. I love that so much. And I resonate with it because it's almost like you're speaking to me there as well. Because I used to be someone that someone would provide praise and I would brush it off as them being nice. Or it felt me uncomfortable to a point. Be like, oh, yeah, thank you. And more, it's almost like thinking back to what you described, the energy field between you and your now wife at the pool. It's almost the same idea. Like he felt uncomfortable. He felt like, ah, no, I want to get away from this. And that also made me to be a person that seldomly gave out feedback, positive or negative. And to your point, we can receive these gifts, but it also sounds like we should be giving these gifts out whenever the opportunity arises. And they could be small gifts and bigger ones as well. And, and we cre- and we create those and we co-create those opportunities to to do just that to to share who you are in and in sharing who you are you're giving the people the gift of seeing how they are also because we're just mirrors for each other the the, the our experience in life is our experience in life and their experience in life is their experience, but it's the combination when we bring it together where we help each other see where we're growing, where we need to expand, how we can expand. And and, and that's so powerful in itself to, to realize that. The other thing that I would love to share is when we uncover our purpose, and there's three parts to our purpose. When we uncover our purpose, it's learning the who we are, what we have to offer, and why we're here. 
And when we go through that process and we uncover it, and then we start living on purpose, now we, if you look at the, the world that we live in as a big puzzle piece, when you uncover those three parts of you and you start living it fully, delivering your gifts to the world to make the difference that you're meant to make, you just put your puzzle piece in the puzzle. And um, when you put your puzzle piece in the puzzle, we, we all can see the puzzle. We build out the frame first. And then the frames build out. Then we build from the corners. Well, somewhere your puzzle piece belongs in that. And your puzzle piece might be right in the middle. And if you could put your puzzle piece in the middle, it could start growing out from the middle also to, to form that full puzzle piece. So you need to be you fully so other people can be them. And, and then that's how we're putting that puzzle piece together. We, we're moving from the I consciousness, the one puzzle piece is what it's all about, to the we consciousness. It's all the puzzle pieces together to make this world go around. That's a brilliant way to look at it. It almost brought to my mind what you just said about Maddie, your current wife. Hopefully I got her name right. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that by her being herself, her true self, it brought your light up and it allowed you to become who you are today. And your piece of the puzzle now fits in this whole giant puzzle that we're building together. Mm-hmm. And, and in that experience, then um, I get to see through the work that we're doing or for just being me in the world, I get to see people start to find who they're meant to be in the world and how they're meant to show up. And then that what happens, it empowers me more. So, and that goes back to the question that you asked earlier, Constantine, are we constantly finding something new or opportunities to grow and expand gifts to still open? And I think the journey never ends because as you expand, as I expand, then more opportunities to expand happen. So we're going to create more circumstances to to grow and expand more. We're going to uncover deeper. As our energy rises, the incoherence inside of us, the, the beliefs, the pain, the emotion that we stuffed or suppressed or repressed inside of us, as we raise in vibration, that lower vibration starts feeling worse. Yeah, we have to go down in. We have to go deep and to find out, okay, what caused that? Where did I stuff something? And, and do the work on that and do the work on the next thing. And if you do all the work on yourself, there's always the collective energies. As all of us come together in the collective of our world, there's always the collective stuff to raise that vibration so we're we're all operating at a higher vibration exactly and and the more people hear this message the more people start doing the work for themselves the more this vibration will rise and that resonates so well with me and part of the mission of this podcast is that we are unleashing the best version of ourselves together yes sure Vince you can go out and do it by yourself to some degree I can go out and do it by myself but the way to truly become your true self we are supposed to be or meant to be is through inner work, but also 
bringing others together with you and allowing others to help you on this journey. And that's been a huge aha moment for me in the last few years. You know, all this work that I've done, all the downloads, all I've learned, I, I read over a hundred books in one year, just, just because I was called and I, and I wanted to know, and I wanted to, and, and, but I'll tell you to your point there, my journey to get to almost where I am right now took eight years, eight years of a lot of internal work and a lot of studying and a lot of looking and a, a lot of looking at my beliefs and working through beliefs and trying to figure out, okay, what's holding me back here? There's no need for that to take eight years for anyone because I I learned all the ways to do it, but I learned all the ways that I can give people and say, here's eight different ways. Which one works for you, Constantine? And then let's do it. Let's do it together. And, and the same journey that took me eight years probably would take most people now, if they put the effort into doing the work, maybe two and a half, three. That's that's a half or a third, or in some cases, maybe even a quarter of it, what it took me to get there. But we have to do the work because if we don't, it's like holding beach balls under the water. If you don't go in, you don't make the changes, a beach ball is going to pop up. And when that beach ball pops up, you're reaching out to grab that beach ball and put it down and two others are going to pop out on the other side. So we have to do that work. So it's not waiting just under the surface to sabotage us. And the sabotage all comes from who we are and, and what we learn to be. And then, okay, now let's find the real Constantine. Let's find the real Vince. So there's nothing to pop up. And, and that really opens things up. Would, would you mind, you know, this is a spiritual podcast. Would, would you mind kind of if I went through the story of how I started channeling? Of course, absolutely. Okay. Go for it. This, this has a lot to do with Mary. And, and the reason I want to share this story is my goal and the goal of the group of energies that, that I channel is for each person to be able to connect to their guidance and channel their own guidance. So there's no need for, for channels, which help you tap into the higher frequencies of you. Physic, um, psychics who, who help you see where your energy is right now. Um, not that we don't want that for confirmation, because I think we do need that confirmation, but it's so important for people to tap into their guidance. So um, Mary's talking to me about spirituality, sharing all this stuff with me, and, and I'm learning and I'm fighting her. And uh, I, I get this, this information here and I go read the book. And I guess I wasn't moving fast enough for my higher self. I guess I wasn't moving fast enough for the universe. So what happened was, I started finding all these events I could go to to learn. I went to Joe Dispenza. I went to Jack Canfield. I went to Debbie Ford, um, Greg Braden, Bruce Lipton. I, I was learning all I can and soaking it up and being coached by some of these people. And uh, 
I signed up for this crazy event. I didn't even know what the event was. That's one part of it being crazy. I signed up for something that somebody said, Vince, you got to do this. And it was called an illumination intensive. And true to its word, to, to its title, what I when I got to the event, I found out for five days from six in the morning till midnight, so 18 hours a day, we were going to sit knee to knee with someone else and answer the question, tell me who you are. And for 18 hours, we'd have a class to help us understand the process more and more. Uh, so, so that took in, let's say, two hours a day. Then for 16 hours, 20, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, I'd sit in front of you and say, Constantine, tell me who you are. And you would give me the answers that came to you. And I'd say, thank you, Constantine, tell me who you are. And you give me the answers. And then your 10 minutes went up, we'd switch. And you'd say, Vince, tell me who you are. And we'd do that for 10 minutes. Well, before I went to that event, the night before, Mary and I were up in Aspen, Colorado. We had a couple of margaritas. And we went to bed. Through the process, Mary said, Vince, I, I see this woman next to you. And I said, tell me about her. And she explained this woman, what she was wearing, what she looked like. And it was like, oh, my God, Mary, you just described my grandmother who died when I was 17. And then she said, oh, and I see this little blonde girl next to you and says, this little blonde girl is wearing a blue dress. She's got a white blouse on. She's got bobby socks. She's got patent leather shoes. And I had enough to drink to say, okay, yeah, that's really cool. And, and just take it in. So I go to the event the very next morning. Five times during that five days, somebody said to me, do you know there's a little blonde girl in your energy? And this is, and, and I would say, what's she wearing? And they described exactly what she was wearing. And it was like, Ooh, I need to pay attention here. What, you know, what's going on? I don't understand it. So we weren't supposed to talk to anybody for those five days. Um, at the end of, uh, have you ever been to something like that? A workshop similar to that? Similar, but not that intense. Okay. At hours. the end of the workshop, what do they do? They, they, they take you and start closing your heart back down so you don't, walk out in the world with this wide open heart. I got on an airplane, went home. I didn't go to that two hours. <laughs> and on the way home, it's like, Mary, I need to know what's going on with this little blonde girl. I got to figure out what's happening here. Boom, fly home. She ends up uh, coming over a little later after I got home. We went for a walk and she, she explained to me uh, uh, where the little blonde girl came from. And just something quick, she heard in that channeling, uh, in a channeling about this little blonde girl. This little blonde girl was going to come into her life. And the man involved with that little blonde girl was the one that was going to help her live her purpose. So what's channeling, Mary? <laughs> and she describes it. And I said, well, is, is that like a crystal ball? Is that, and she said, no, what happens is somebody is able to get out of the way, let the energies come through them, 
and talk to you so you can talk to your guides. What's my guide? Well, the angels. And and she didn't say higher self at that point. So I'm saying, okay, well, I believe in angels. You know, there's four of them in the Bible. So you know, by, the Bible tells me that there's angels there. But more than anything, it was like, well, if somebody told you about this little blonde girl and this little blonde girl showed up for me, I got to figure out what's going on. So I said, I want a channeling. She said, are you sure? I said, yes, I want a channeling. So she set up this channeling. We go to this lady's house. Um, all through, I'll make this really quick. All through the channeling, uh, I watched this lady kind of change facial features a little bit. Her posture changed. Her voice changed. And all the way through, I was saying, oh, what a great actress. Oh, she's amazing. Where did she learn how to do this stuff? I was justifying, justifying. It, the room got dark. Oh, there was a bunch of clouds overhead when we came in. Justify. Um, the first energy that came in was Archangel Michael. And Archangel Michael said, young man, we've been waiting for you a long time. We've got so much to share. She told, uh, He told Mary, it's great you're here, but we're here for him. Just kind of sit back. They told her mom, Mary's mom that because she went with us to sit back. And Michael was saying all these things, you know, this is, this happened in your childhood and this is why it happened. This happened in your childhood and this is why it happened. And all through it, I, I was saying, oh, Mary told this lady that that happened in my childhood. Oh, Mary told this. Oh, this lady got this when we were sitting having tea, she picked up on, on this. So I was justifying, justifying, justifying all the way through it. Then Michael said, would you like, there's somebody else here who would like to talk to you. Would you be willing? And I said, sure, I'm willing. So I watched this lady's facial features change a little bit or posture change. She seemed more lively, more vibrant. And that energy introduced himself as Archangel Raphael, the, the Archangel of Healing. And, and the, the conversation was going on for a while. Then Raphael said, you are here to help you open you're here to open hearts, but you have to open yours first. And I'm going to help you do it. And I'm going to help you do it with red-haired, blue-eyed people. Well, Mary's oldest son's got red hair and blue eyes. Mary knows that there's a couple people that had just come into my life that had red hair and blue eyes. So justified again. And then Raphael said, as an example, do you remember walking through Walmart last week? A little boy stood up in his stroller and was staring at you and wouldn't take his eyes off you. He fell out of his stroller. His mom caught him just before he hit the floor. And I said, yes. And he said, that little boy had red hair and blue eyes. And that was my oh crap moment. Because I knew, the mother knew, and the little boy knew that was the only three people on this earth that knew that happened. And I didn't tell anyone. And, and I know nobody that knew that mother told <laughs> this channel that, and it was the Vince, you have got to pay attention. And that channeling went on for another hour or so. And how I left that, channeling, Michael came back in after two other energies came in and he said, 
you are here to provide this information and to teach people how to open their hearts. And we're going to download information to you. So at night, when you wake up and you're hearing voices in your head and information's coming in, we want you to close your eyes, look up into your third eye with your eyes closed. And if it's blue, it's Archangel Michael. If it's green, it's Archangel Raphael. If it's yellow, it's Ra, the sun god. If it's red, it's this, this female energy that's here to help you, which we learned later was Quan Yin. Every single night, I would wake up with information coming in. And I would take notes. And sometimes I would go back to sleep and sometimes I wouldn't. But... um all the exercises that we use or where to find the exercises that we use in our program came in. All the understanding of subpersonalities came in. All the understanding of how we're working together as energy and how we can help each other energetically or how we can hurt and came in for years. And Mary finally said, Vince, you're an airline pilot. You can't be waking up at two o'clock in the morning and be awake for two three, four hours getting this information, stay awake all day and then go fly at night. You have got to find a way to let this information come in. Would you be interested in channeling? And I said, no. And she said, why not? And I said, because one, I can't do it. And two, I wouldn't believe it was happening. So we went a whole year and she kept bothering me and kept bothering me and kept bugging me and kept pushing me. And I finally said, okay, I'll give it a try. And it was very difficult, but the energy did come through. And I learned to get out of the way. And, and I started channeling just for her. And she said, well, channel for someone else. And I said, no, I don't want to affect somebody else's guidance. I don't want to give somebody the, I don't want to, to, to interfere with any information that might be coming through for somebody. And she finally talked me into trying and I channeled for one other person than her and I didn't feel comfortable. So I said, no, then one of my mentors, there was Mary and I and five other people in this room with this mentor. And she asked the group, where are you not showing up authentically in your life? And the first thing that came to me is, you're not channeling for people so they can get their guidance at that level. And that changed my life. I started channeling for people at that moment. And I've been doing it for five years now. Okay, the entire time you told the story, I had shivers go down my spine. I got emotional. That's a beautiful, beautiful story, Vince. Thank you for sharing that. And, and I shared it, Constantine, because I want everybody to know that they can tap into guidance at that level, that it's available to them. And doors will open when you start realizing that you have the answers at that high of vibration. Yes. yes. So what, has, what happened once you started channeling for others? When did you start believing that, yes, you know what, I can do this and I want to do this? beyond that night when you got challenged, essentially? So I realized I could channel and the information was coming in 
before I started channeling for others and why I accepted it. And and we teach people how to get guidance in four or five different ways. And, and this works for every every way that we teach people how to tap into their guides, how to tap into their higher self. What I realized was that the things were coming through me, I would never say. Or I didn't know. And because of that, I started trusting it. Okay, this is actually energy coming through me because I didn't even know that, let alone would I say it. So I started trusting. And and then when I started channeling for other people, I I really believed that um, I was going to be looked down on or shunned or or told that I was wrong or there was something wrong with me. And it didn't happen. People accepted it. People would listen to it. They might not believe everything that came to them, but they trusted that the energy was coming through. A lot of it's because, especially when you're in purpose, in person, but even, even over Zoom, people can feel the energy. So they, they, they started to, to believe it more and more. So it opened me up to it. And then when I realized how powerful the messages that were coming through when I was channeling for someone else, it, it was beyond what I was getting for me at night. And then what happened was something very interesting happened. I started to realize that if I channeled for you, it, it was the same message, but it was different. And I realized that the energy that was coming in was different. So after a while, I asked, uh, I channeled a group called the Roundtable. And they called themselves the Roundtable just for the very reason of King Arthur and Lancelot and that group. They wanted us to know that we were all equal. They were a different vibration, but we were all the same. And that when we sat down at the table, it was all for one and one for all. They're here to help us grow and expand because it's in our growth and expansion that they they expand. So what I what I realized was that if I sat down with a certain group, the energy was different. And when I sat down with a different person, the energy was different. So I asked them what was going on. And they said, you have chosen the capability to channel the guides in the higher self of those that are are in the channeling with you. So I, if I was channeling for you, I channel your guides in your higher self. If I channeled for Mary, I channel her guides in her higher self. So it was always different inside of me. And, and that I realized was so powerful because it's it's not you getting the answer from my guides. You're getting from the, the answers from the energy streams that are you. Which means those answers are, are always perfect for the people that I'm channeling for. Wow. And how does the channeling work, either in person or over Zoom? Uh, so e- either way... Um, I go through something that that I call a coning connection. 
So I, I connect to my body. I connect to my higher self. I connect to my I am presence. And then I connect to the guides of the people that I'm channeling for. So it's me really going into, I, I don't want to say a trance, but I go into a place where I am so secure in my being that the energy can just come through, uses my words, uses my brain, but it's it's the energy that's being translated in my brain and comes out my mouth. I'm not talking. I'm not hearing this stuff and then telling you what I hear. It just kind of comes through. And it's it's a little hard to explain, but it's it's kind of like I turn into a pipe. And when I turn into a pipe, it just flows through and it the the guidance is coming in one end of the pipe and you're at the other end of the pipe just taking it in. But the interesting thing I realized was I learned to shut out the outside world as a pilot. When I climbed in the airplane, I had a job to do. I knew everything that and who I needed to talk to and everything else. When I closed the cockpit door, my troubles at home was gone for that time I closed the door. The the voices in my head to think about what I had to do or how I didn't do it right or how somebody was doing something to me. Uh, when I closed the door, it went away. And it's kind of the same thing for me when I'm channeling. I'm channeling. I, I kind of close the cockpit door and there's nothing rattling that gets in the way of the information coming through. Wow, that's such a beautiful way to describe that. And, uh, well, so many questions in mind. But one that comes up to me a few times now, what have you seen other people get out of channeling with you? Have they had bigger moments like you did, right? Because you went in as a skeptic for good reason. You had all the beliefs, all the lessons to tell you to be a skeptic. And then you came out a believer on the other side. Are you seeing similar outcomes with people or is the experience different from one person to another? Well, it's definitely different from one person to the other. It's, it's one, are you willing to accept? Uh, two, are you looking? What, what I found was, this is a, a great way to explain it, Constantine. What I found was some people ask questions because they want to know what they can do and, and how they can be who they're supposed to be. Other people ask questions wanting to get the answer that makes them feel comfortable. And through the channelings, I found the person that really wants to know, they get more information. It flows more freely to them because they're, they're open and accepting the people that just want their answer because it, it's going to make them feel good because that's the answer they want to hear, they get they don't get their answer unless their answer is true. But whatever answer they get, they can come back a hundred times and ask the same question, and they're looking for a different answer. They're looking for it to for it to be something that's comfortable for them, but they get the same answer over and over and over again. So I, I've seen that being the difference. Um, 
some people are open and ready to fully understand um, the next step. And they get the next step very clearly. Some people aren't quite ready to get the next step and they get the next step in a way that walks them through slowly how to be ready for the next step and how to take and how to take it. So each person that gets channeled for, it's different. Now, the exciting thing for channeling, especially group channeling for me, is if if you're being you're in a group of five people, every question that you ask, the answer that's coming through is for all five of you. Each question someone else asks, the information's coming through for all all of you. So the the roundtable even says, listen to every answer. Because even if you don't get to answer, uh, you don't get to ask a question, your answer's been given to you. You just got to listen. Now, here's one thing about channeling that I don't think is talked about very much. When, when you're channeling with someone, and it depends on the channel, but I, I can channel at a very high vibration. If I'm cha- channeling at a high vibration, quantum physics tells us through entrainment that your vibration is going to come up to meet the vibration I'm channeling at. So you're getting all this information at a high vibration. The channeling's over. You're going to settle back into your normal vibration, which means a lot of the information that you got and understood at a high vibration, you don't necessarily understand anymore. But it's in your cells. And it in it's the the work of coming back and learning how to raise your vibration. It's the understanding of how you can get in a high vibration, hold the high vibration. So now you can tap back into those answers. And one of the things that I have found, and Mary does this a lot, you can have a channeling and you can go back to that channeling five or six different times. And if your vibration is moving up, which most of ours is, there's a different message every time she listens to the same channeling. She listened to a channeling the other night from 2015. And she said, I swear to God, I've never heard that before. And I don't remember ever hearing that message. And I know she's listened to it five or six times. It was completely different channeling because she was in a vibration to accept it. That's uh, that's a brilliant way to explain it. And it reminds me of how I uh, used to think at least about this. It's almost like the idea of planting seeds that you can grow and nourish and reap the rewards from later down in life. Because right now you don't have the tools or the skill set to be able to grow those seeds. And it sounds like that's what you're talking about as well is the idea that now you have this information, you may not be able to use all of it at this moment, but you put in the work and slowly you can absorb more and more of that information. Exactly. The energy is in your cells. It, they're actually in every cell of your body. And then when you move into that place that will release that vibration, it's all there for you. That's amazing. Wow, Vince. This has been so fascinating. I'm looking at the time and I can't believe we've been speaking for 80 minutes or so. 
And before we try to wrap it up, I'm curious to see if you have anything else you'd like to share with us that you want to touch on and we haven't had a chance to. And then, of course, I'll give you a chance to share with people where they can find more about you, where they can connect with you. Maybe they want a channeling. Maybe they want to read your book, learn more about Imagine Miracles, of course, all of that. You're welcome to share as well. You're, you're, you bet. Uh, so what do I want to share? There's so many things. Um, first of all, and I know that the majority of the people listening to this know this, but we're multidimensional beings. And I know a lot of people out there want to move into the fifth dimension. They, they want to, to grow and expand into the fifth dimension, but you truly chose to be in the third. And yes, we're, we're going to develop the capabilities to be in the higher dimensions. We already do it. When you go to sleep at night, you're not hanging around in the third dimension. You're hanging around in the sixth, seventh, eighth dimension when you're, when you're dreaming. So we're already moving through the dimensions, but don't try to leave the third because you chose to be in the third dimension. This is, we are the lead, us people, we people, whatever the proper terminology is there in the third dimension, we're the leading edge of expansion. We're the we're the only dimension, the third and fourth dimensions, the only dimension that can feel the highs and the lows of the vibrations, which means we're the only ones that can expand the vibration. So don't be in a hurry to leave the third dimension because you're the place that you chose to be and you're the leading edge, which means you have to learn how to navigate the third dimension to move into your higher vibrations and hold your higher vibrations. So you need to learn how to uncover your beliefs. You need to learn how to reframe your beliefs. You need to know where your subpersonalities come from and how to work with them. You need to know how to use the third dimension to create with thought and feeling. Because we that's how we talk to the rest of the universe electromagnetically. Electro our thoughts, magnetic our heart. So so give yourself the compassion and the understanding that you chose to be in the third dimension and that's where you're making things happen. So don't, don't be in such a hurry to leave it. The other thing that I want to share is, and, and I made mention of this earlier, we're all special. We're all unique. There is no one in this world Of the eight plus billion people in this world, there is no one exactly like you and you are needed. The world's waiting for you to be all of you. So I want to share that. And I also want to share that you get to choose what you believe. Beliefs aren't real. You just get to choose them and choose ones that empower you. Don't let the world tell you that you can't tap into your guidance. Don't let the world tell you that you're not a master creator. Don't let the world tell you that you can't make the difference that you know you're being called to make. Live on purpose. You brought it here. Find it. Live it. Learn how to live in the 3D world. And then learn how to use the magic of your energy in living it even further. 
Wow. What a beautiful way to bring everything together there, Vince. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. So tell us, where can uh, people find you? So I, I'll give you several things, but the big place is if everyone goes to imaginemiracles.com forward slash unleash dash thyself, there's a bunch of free gifts for you. There's an opportunity to buy our book, Awakening Through Moments of Choice. And for the first five that come from this show, there's a free Your Life, Your Way breakthrough session with either Mary or myself where we'll sit down, we'll talk for 20 to 40 minutes. What's the biggest thing in your way right now? I'll, I'll give you three ways to move beyond it. And you get to choose if you move beyond it or you get to choose which of these ways that you use. But I will promise you I'll give you three ways. And if I can't find three ways, I know somebody who can. And and we'll give that to the first five people that that uh, register through your page. So they have to come through your page, okay. the first five. Or put um, it in the description, of course. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, the MiracleLifeMethod.com is a good way to to learn about our first course, to learn about us, and if you want a personal channeling. It's imaginemiracles.com forward slash channeling. And for those people that want to channeling, is that prep work that someone has to do? No, no. You can just you can just show up if you want your individual channeling. Um, we'll we'll tell you what to expect when you show up. Uh, it's a 55-minute channeling where it's just you and your guides talking. Uh, if somebody wants to, what's a channeling all about? If they go to that um, Unleash Dash Thyself, down at the very bottom of that page, there's a link to sign up for a channeling. We give a free channeling away every month. And it's not a, a free individual channeling. Anybody who wants to come to the free channeling can it's the third Monday night of every month. And you just register there. You can show up at the channeling. Um, we encourage people to have their Zoom cameras on. But um, about five to eight people get to ask a question on that Monday night. And then, like I said, they answer those five questions and everybody gets their answers for the for the Exactly. Night. But there's an opportunity for, for somebody that if you've never been at a channeling, just come sit in on Zoom, watch. You can uh, go back to what I said earlier. I made, I made a choice in my life to look at everything and take in everything that came my way and then make a decision if it worked for me or not. Do the same. Come to a channeling. If it works for you, sign up for a program. Come to a channeling of your own. Come every third Monday night. If it doesn't work for you, let it go. You're not out of anything. Exactly. I love that, Vince. And it sounds like you're also welcoming, welcoming skeptics and those that are not believers like you were once. Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, I, I'm not sure that everybody is going to get the opportunity to not deny. Like, I didn't have a choice to deny with that little red-haired, blue-eyed boy. 
I'm not sure if everybody gets that opportunity. I'm sure there's always an opportunity for you to say, oh my gosh, I better pay attention to this. And what a better way to do it than come to a challenge when you're sitting in the comfort of your own home on the computer where you can always hit leave meeting, (laughs) but at least give yourself an opportunity to say, wow, do I feel a connection here? Does this make sense? And what difference would it make in my life if I could tap in to my all-knowing part and get all the answers I need? Yes. Love that, Vince. And I mean, what more can you offer people, right? It's a free session. Might take you 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and you're out of there if you don't connect. And even if you're a skeptic, at least prove yourself right. You know what? This is not for me and move on. I love that. Keeping an open mind, trying things. It's just like you said, channeling is another tool. May work, may not work for you. But if you have a, a an easy way and a free way to do so, then I love that. Thank you so much. Exactly. And I know you can channel your own information, no matter who you are. There's there's ways, lots of ways to do it. So, I mean, it sounds like we will need to have a part two and part three of our conversation to dive deeper in into some of those topics. I'm, I'm here for you anytime. And, and Constantine, I want to thank you for for listening to your heart and opening up your podcast to get the message out to people, to help them find themselves, to help them live who they are. Thank you for living your purpose. Thank you. I appreciate it, Vince. Truly do. Thank you so much for being with us today. To find out more amazing content and episodes, please visit UnleashThyself.com or you can find us on social media.